clubhouse. This is Lauren. This is Steph. And today we're going to be covering Hulu's Little Fires Everywhere, The Spiderweb. Episode four. This episode was so good. I loved it so much. It was crazy. There was a lot going on today. I thought it was awesome. I immediately texted you like, oh my gosh. I wanted to ask you if you've paid attention to the intro scene, like when they're doing the intro music and the listing the actors and actresses. Yeah, it seems like the first time I watched it, I paid really close attention and ever since, and I, but I had no clue what was going on, obviously. And now I like mm-hmm. skip through it. <laughs> like I'm like 30 second, you know, the little arrow you can push. I'm like yeah, clicking on that every time. I've done that too, but I happened to watch it this time and I noticed something crazy. Like it seems like all the items that are on fire are property of the Richardsons, like Elena's calendar. And there was a fortune cookie. So like now I realize that. that, mm -hmm. But this time I noticed that there was Pearl's bike was on fire and the Statue of Liberty charm that hangs from Mia's rearview mirror. Well, you know, there are little fires everywhere, Steph, in this (laughs) supposedly, (laughs) supposedly (laughs) we're... Maybe it's not just like yeah. we're thinking. Maybe it's not just going to be the Richardson's house. Who knows? Mm. Or yeah, yeah. maybe everybody's it's... going down. Yeah, I like to think there's some foreshadowing going on there. Might be interesting to see yeah, how that I plays think, out. I think so, for sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, really, the opening scene only told us about the Richardson's house. I mean, what if little fires everywhere means that every character in the whole show, their house burns down? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope not. <laughs> that would be devastating. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not to. I'm sorry to laugh about houses burning down. It's not, it's actually not a funny thing. So you noticed that it's called Spiderwebs. And so I tried to closely pay attention, you know, whenever I saw the title of the episode, all of the spiderweb metaphors or even like anything spidery that I saw, like I was really trying to pay attention. Even little stuff like the fact that Pearl went to that Halloween party and she was scary Mm -hmm. spice. I even found that to be notable for this. And she had made those Halloween decorations that looked like spider webs, you would say. Yeah. I also noticed when Mia was in that nightmare, how she was kind of manically playing that string game that looked like a spider web. You want to talk about that for just a second? She looks out the window and... It's like she's afraid that Pearl's being taken. That was a really crazy dream. It was a crazy dream. And I I don't know. I just, I didn't know what to do with that scene. Yeah. She hears Pearl calling for her. There's like a far off sound. She's like, mom, mom. And so it like alerts her. And then she can't get to her. Like she can't open the window. And then she sees Pearl getting in Elena's car and she's like yelling at her. And she said when she was yelling at her in the dream, you belong to me. Because it happened at the beginning of the episode. So to me, based on what all everything we saw in the episode, that seems like a bad dream that would happen at the end. Or maybe it was more foreshadowing. I just I just think it it means that she has a parallel story to BB, mm-hmm. which is why she's so invested too. in her story. Also, you think about spider webs and where you actually see them in your real life and you see them in attics or places that are unvisited over a long period of time, places that people don't go, the past, things that are old. And I think that the episode being titled Spiderwebs has to do with something coming up from the past, you know, obviously being dug up. It's a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, I think, you know, you think about a spiderweb and how it's intricately woven by a spider 
and it's woven for the purpose of trapping prey. And so um, I was just trying to find all of these metaphors about like maybe BB is like feeling trapped by this buyout that's offered in the episode. And we can, yeah. we can talk about that later. Basically how mm. weaker people with less resources kind of get trapped and have to suffer just like the weaker insect that gets trapped in a spider web. I did sort of give a little thought to the title as well. And yeah, I felt like it was almost the wrong title for the episode. I see where you're going with the spider webs. And I sort of agree with that point of, you know, it's like sort of the things in the past or old things that have spider webs on them. But I couldn't think of a better title, first of all, because I'm not not a wordsmith. <laughs> but I felt so torn by this episode. I just felt like there was a lot of pain and like tearing of things, like I don't separation and so I w- I didn't I couldn't come up with a better title, but the word that stuck with me more as I was trying to think about it, it was just like torn. But I think you have a good point too about yeah, the Yeah, you webs. said when you watched this that you felt sadness when you watched this episode, which yeah, I definitely have felt sadness when I'm watching this whole series. I don't know. The title, I'm not saying it's bad or good. I just really felt like it made me search for metaphors or it made me decide who is the predator here. If a spider is a predator making a web to trap people in it, well then who would be the spider in this series? You know, I was trying to come up with these kind of questions and I and I'm still just don't know the answers to all of them. But these were questions I had. Did you find a lot of 90s references this time? I loved the music that they had referenced in this. I heard a Mariah Carey song. Oh, you did? Oh, maybe when Mm -hmm. she gets in Selena's car, right? Is that when it is? No, I thought it was when um, they were in Lexi's bedroom. I thought that was a Mariah Carey song. okay. And then whenever Tripp and Pearl were studying, they were playing Killing Me Softly. Oh, I loved that one. Okay, have you started making your 90s playlist yet? Oh, no, I totally should do that. Yeah, no, I haven't either. But when they were playing Killing Me Softly, I'm like, okay, yeah, I really need to get on this playlist. Yes. Let's do it. You said it was, you heard Mariah Carey. I heard TLC Waterfalls in Lexi's room. Don't go I did hear yeah I thought that's no I think there was a Mariah Carey song in there somewhere too but I liked when Tripp asked Moody he's like who's hotter Carmen Electra or Jenny McCarthy <laughs> so they mentioned both of those girls yeah and then of course there are uh, being when, spice girls at the Halloween party yes. right posh and scary spice she looked so cute in that costume I loved it Pearl did shoot she, um, she's always cute but when yes. Elena was handing out Halloween candy she said that there was a Woody she said oh hi Woody and I'm thinking Toy Story did not come out in the 90s but yes it did <laughs> yes it did isn't that crazy I was that like, it's that no old way. That's like why my Toy kids Story are watching 4, that right now. Yeah, that's why Toy Story 4 is so heartbreaking. Like whenever I know I don't want to like, spoil Toy Story 4 for anybody, but <laughs> just I don't know. It, that's why that's why they have like this, you know. It's making me feel so old. I'm like, "Oh my gosh. Two like decades Toy Story of game. Toys have been together." <laughs> oh. She uh Izzy had a Teletubby in her room. I saw that too. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> that's hilarious yeah and the remember brian was bill clinton for halloween yeah and also he's like yeah i'm the first black president because of course he doesn't know about barack obama right (laughs) yeah because if it's the 90s and then when they were saying oh you thought forrest gump was a true story when moody and trip were saying that did you catch that I did. I thought that was so funny. All of these little things that they bring up. I love just it. To bring us but I'm back. still not old, Lauren. I'm not. I'll we never will be never old. be old. 
even if our <laughs> age says otherwise. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. So you want to talk about Elena? Oh my gosh. Yes, I do. Oh. Okay, okay. So what about whenever she is sitting in her bed with Bill and she notices Mia's car in the police report? She sees mm -hmm. that it's the Chevette or 70s or 80s car. <laughs> you don't want to talk about Chevette. I was right. <laughs> okay, so you're you know. right. Fine. Gosh, you're right. <laughs> I was right. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I still want to argue my point that a Chevelle is a car. But you okay, were right. I was never okay, ever fine. arguing that a Chevelle I was know. a car. I said a Chevelle is a muscle car, and that is not a muscle yes. car. I know, um, I know. Okay, fine. Anyway. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in uh, the fact that it had the mover and shaker bumper sticker on it or whatever, that's what yes. gets her. Anyway, but anyway, she's reading this police report in her bed and she sees the car in the report and is like, oh my goodness, Mia could have been involved mm -hmm. with this Chinese lady that came in and like ruined the birthday party, basically, Mirabelle's birthday party. So if you were sitting there and you realize something so huge and your husband's right there, would you just be like, oh, never mind. Like, <laughs> shut the file. You know, like, <laughs> she doesn't tell him. Why does she not say anything to him about it? Is she trying to protect Mia? No, I don't know. Uh, Elena and Bill were with their friends, like, talking about it and trying to comfort them. And so you'd think that yes. she would be in with it, like, in the situation with Bill and just say, like, oh, my God, look at this. Like, they were, were, they were talking about the police report before. And so why Bill's she very invested in this. It's not like he's like, oh, I don't know who your friend is. And like, sorry to hear yeah. about the birthday party going bad. Like he was there. He's very good friends with Mirabel's adopted father. He mm -hmm. um, was very invested in, we'll get this lawyer that, you know, talking about how they're going to, what they're going to yeah. do about it together as friends. Like um, together. Yeah. So the fact that he's that invested in this, for Elena to have a new piece of information pertaining to it that she doesn't immediately mm -hmm. mention to him, I found that to be suspicious. I didn't know if she just feels yeah. guilty that maybe she's brought Mia to the scene or if there is just something going on with Elena that she's holding back. If, does she have a reason that Mia would be involved somehow? Or, you know, does she is she the reason that Mia has had hardships in the past? I don't really know what's going on with Elena. There is something about Elena that is going to have a twist, I think, here. Do you think it's kind of the situation of you don't want to say anything until you're for sure? Point I mean, to Mia, unless she had more proof. I agree that she wouldn't go accuse Mia of it without more proof, or that she would. I agree that she probably wouldn't go tell her friends without more proof. But this is her right. husband, and I would think you could bounce that off I your know. husband and and not be sure. And you could say, right. "Oh my gosh, what I if? Agree. What if? You know? Oh, she drives that kind of car. Oh my gosh, surely not." It looks like a conversation that a husband and wife would have if they were going through something together like this with mutual friends. So right. I found that to be extremely suspicious. Agreed. Uh, so I'm thinking, okay, here Elena is. She is making exceptions, again, for Mia, as she has done many times. But then the next scene, you do see that Elena is actually confronting Mia at her house, even says something about the car mm -hmm. um, that was that she found in the police report. And Mia tries to lie about it. She says, well, yeah, just like every broke mm -hmm. person. And then Elena says, with a shaker bumper sticker. And then Mia knows she's caught in a lie there. Yeah. But she doesn't admit it still. She actually just like kind of 
doesn't respond. And then she's like, I've been meaning to ask, how is Linda? You know? Well, Elena accuses her of, oh, you, you care because you haven't asked about her until now. Like, yeah. um, Elena still, it seems to be, you know, she is not, she believes that Mia is involved and she's not backing down mm -hmm. on that. And then she ends up even going to the Lucky Palace, having Bill order the takeout because she's going to go there and she's going to find how she believes that Mia would have known this lady. And she realizes, Yeah. I bet it's at the Lucky Palace. And then she goes there and she does confirm that. And then even further confrontational, which up until this point, Elena has not been confrontational. Um, it shows that she calls up Mia's boss to do a story on the immigrant experience. And she's wanting to interview Bibi. And, you know, of course, the boss is like, uh-uh, like shuts her down. And then she's like, yeah, well, I know you posed as a reference for another one of your employees. Basically, she's confronting him. And, and I found it interesting because she's been so non-confrontational this whole time. And now all of a sudden, she's a bulldog. She's going after things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she definitely is figuring it out. She's putting her detective work in place here. She's piecing it together. I don't know. She's like trying to not tell everybody everything, I think. Like she talks to Mia about it a little bit, but doesn't really tell her everything. She talks to Linda, but doesn't really tell her everything. I think she's trying to piece it all together before she really blows the lid off the story, you know? Well, but Steph, okay, say you knew something about something that had, like, been deeply upsetting to me, and you knew, like, but I didn't know any of the details. Say this was me, and your housekeeper might have been involved, and you might know. Like, do you think you would run to me and tell me, or do you think you'd be like, eh, I'm just gonna, like, try to help Lauren in a different way. <laughs> Let's go make a plea bargain with this other person. well I mean would you I don't know Lauren I mean would I say something before I really knew the truth <laughs> maybe not if it's deeply upsetting to you well, what if you say, you know I don't know this for sure. I think here's okay what you would say. You would come and be like, okay, I haven't proved this. I don't know, but I do think it's weird. This bumper sticker and this car and they yeah match this description. true I'm not, I mean, I really hate to say this because I don't want you to. I don't know. I just feel like you would tell. And so that the reason I mean, that you she, and the I, fact that she didn't speaks volumes to me about Elena having some kind of secret here. hmm. The same kind of reason that she makes all these exceptions for Mia, always, even renting her the house, making her not Mm -hmm. mow the lawn, letting her not be the house manager the way she wanted on her terms. Everything's an exception for Mia. And so here again, Mia seems very guilty in this situation and she's making an exception Yeah. for her. Why? Why, why, why? It just seems like she's just trying to piece all the pieces together first, but I really don't know why she doesn't just go ahead and confront Mia with what she knows and also tell her friend the full truth. Yeah, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with telling what you know and even what you don't know to be true. I would think there would be no harm in saying, this is weird, and I just want you to know, like, I mean, it's probably not true, but... Blah, blah, blah. Like when she goes to Linda and she's saying, I think I figured out who the mother is. And I don't know why she just doesn't tell her everything. And clearly Linda is getting more and more upset. This is so sad to me. And she's just like, we're going to figure this out. We're, you know, we can make an appeal to her. And, and if we have to go to court and Linda's just getting more and more upset, this poor woman. Oh, it's Yeah, just heartbreaking. man, she is obsessively paranoid that 
BB's going to come break in and steal Mirabelle, and rightfully so, right? The fact that she broke into yeah. her birthday party and just stormed in like she did, she knows that BB is in a crazy state and will do anything. And so she's extremely paranoid, as she should be, but it's definitely yeah. taking away all of her joy and all of her comfort of just being, even being in her own home, the way she's looking out the window and checking the alarms and. Mm hmm. Constantly. She's like obsessing over the police report and constantly checking on the baby. And this is like really messing with her as it would anybody, I think. I was so upset for Linda. It just tore me apart. I don't know. I hated, I hated watching Linda go through that. Tell me a little bit more about that because I know you had said before we started this that you had a lot to say about that. Like I said earlier, I'm very, this, the word torn feels appropriate to me. I am just upset by this for Linda and Mark. I actually went through my friends list and I have 10 people in my life who have adopted and or foster care, something like that. And I have actually one friend who's I would consider a close friend that I sort of walked through this adoption process with them. And she ended up adopting four boys. Um, three of them are brothers, like biological brothers. And one of them is just another child that she adopted. It's a huge ordeal. It's such a process. It's it's like a life-changing thing to go through. It's a lot of time and effort and paperwork. I didn't realize that Linda and Mark hadn't finalized the adoption until they said that in this episode. And so that's to me was even more heartbreaking like this isn't over for them like if the adoption was finalized that would be more securing like a more secure yeah. feeling for them that but we realize not. that in this episode and that actually makes you feel that intensity of yes. fear more loss yes. that could come their way like if my friend who adopted she adopted through the foster care system and you know there is a chance that these children can go back to their mother and that's the goal of the foster care system and so that is very hard to see someone walk through of you know she's upset about it she wants obviously the best for the kids so it's just I remember I'm like thinking back through this it's like two years of this like turmoil she is caring for these children and loving them and providing for them and dealing with their anger over what's happened in their life and all of this stuff and she's handling it and loving them through it anyway and uh, it just to think that they could be taken away on the other side of this story, I um I actually have a friend that was on the was on BB's side of this. When we were in high school, she and her boyfriend, I'm friends with both of them, she got pregnant and she actually somehow was able to hide this pregnancy through our senior wow. year and delivered middle of June, maybe early July and had kind of pulled it off hiding the pregnancy and she played basketball and was she was class president like both of them very bright and they were going to go mm -hmm. to different coasts and go to ivy league schools and stuff and put this behind them this was going to be their deep dark secret well they ended up giving the baby up for adoption then i think they realized this is like the worst mistake we've ever done like she realized she couldn't just go to an ivy league school and pretend it never happened like, like move on they had been through so much together that they realized that they were going to stay together and be married and they wanted their baby back so i don't remember how many days had passed it was days it wasn't a year but within a week they went and got they got their baby back Wow. Then they had to bring their baby home to their parents and be like, oh, this is our baby. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, definitely. But they had finalized the adoption or no? Not in a week. But you yeah, know yeah. what? The flip side of that is, guess what? 
they're still married. They have five kids now. I'm so glad that they have their son. You know what I mean? He he actually is graduating high school this year, believe it or not. You know, you know that somebody had a huge loss there, right? But for a baby to be with their biological parent, I mean, in this case, they were able to provide well for them and everything, but... You know, I don't, I don't know the, it's I don't just know the so answer. Hard. I just know that I've seen the other side of it too. And it's really beautiful oh. that she got her baby back after deciding that she wasn't going to have the baby to get him back. It was right. really. Um, I know. That's what I'm saying. This is such a like painful situation. And as a mother, I'm just like, I could not imagine either side of it. Even the whole, like at the end, the, even the kids are torn up about it and everybody's on a different side. And, you know, Mia and Bibi are one side of it and. Elena and Linda are the other and it's just it was horrible to see all this I'm like no but I felt horrible for both of them really also too you get to see that Linda and Mark had to deliver what you assume was a stillborn baby and so that she just says too, like I can't lose my baby again like it's just ugh, horrible I feel very strongly about all of this and both sides of it is just such a difficult topic. I also feel really torn about, especially in this situation, BB getting her baby back after she left the baby in mm-hmm. the cold outside of a fire station. I think that there That's... are consequences for things that you do. And, and when you when you have Linda defend her stance on why she should have the baby, she's like, you left this baby to die. But at the same time, you know that BB didn't think she had any choice. She thought she was leaving mm-hmm. that baby to be saved by somebody else that would be able to feed the baby and take care of the baby in a way that she couldn't. I felt like abandoning the baby at the fire station is what really makes this different. Absolutely. If you would have signed over your, like, relinquished your rights as a parental rights, you know, like if they had contacted her. That's what they would have wanted for her to do is sign something. So it's like she did walk away and ask for the baby to have a better life. I am torn for BB and like her position, but I feel like that's sort of what makes it different is that she did leave the baby for something better. Yeah. So, and and I think even she's torn about it. Like she says to me, like, why'd you do this to me? Why'd you show me my baby? I was trying to get over it. And now I just want her back. And then later she says, well, maybe she would be better off with them and Mia's like, no, she needs belongs with you. So I think even she still feels torn up about whether this is best for the baby. I, yeah, I just definitely feel like there's a big feeling of deep regret that you have to live yeah. through. When you watch this show, you can't watch it without really understanding the emotion of regret for having made a decision. And even like you said the other day, it was a bad moment for her. The baby had been crying. She's all on her own. Sometimes you wouldn't be in your right mind in those moments or make the best decisions but it's like some bad decisions you make can be no big deal but then another bad decision can you know ruin your whole life um and Mm -hmm. on that remember when mia says to elena you didn't make good choices you had good choices yeah it just goes to show when life is easier you don't have to try as hard like even your bad options are still good options i agree with that too it's definitely a huge theme for this show that, you know, BB didn't really seem to have any other options. She didn't have anything else that she could do at that point. She didn't. And I want to talk about one of the reasons she didn't is because we find out she's an illegal immigrant, you know, so she couldn't get like some of the WIC or right. government options. However, do you remember Mia throwing out the Jamaican saying that her mom said? 
about being Jamaican. It was at the end of like episode three, I think. And she made this comment and I don't remember it was, she said something in Jamaican and said, my mom always says like, what you say could kill you or something like Could that. kill And it you. was Jamaican. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't what she said that I'm remembering. It's just the fact that she's Jamaican, which makes me think is, Ah. is Mia relating to her because she's also an illegal immigrant. Because she also works at the same place Mm hmm that BB works. So obviously they would be willing to hire her. A lot of places won't hire you if you're an illegal immigrant. And Right. then she works as an artist. You could also be an artist as an illegal immigrant. And you could also be, That's you know, true. a housekeeper. And we know that she's kind of on the run from something. So I just made that connection. I wasn't sure. She hasn't said anything. Oh, also Pearl doesn't know her grandparents. Mm hmm You know, if they were in Jamaica, she might not know her grandparents. I did not think of that. What's, I don't know. It, yeah, it could that's be totally a good point. wrong. It was just a thought because I'm really trying Yeah. to figure out why is Mia so invested in Bibi and how are they That's connected? what I wrote down. Like, what? It's like such a passionate response from her. And it seems to be way more than just, I relate to you as a mother and a woman. It just seems to be like this painful thing for Mia that she is incredibly invested in Bibi getting her baby back. So I think that Mia's boss... You know, it was very random that they hooked up, but I actually think he's got a more significant role in this whole plot line where this is all going. Okay. Yes. Um, because when BB gets caught stealing from the register, obviously she says she's trying to figure out how she's going to get a lawyer to get Mirabelle Mm hmm back. Mia comes to her defense by pointing out that, you know, he's selling drugs at the restaurant in the back. selling the cocaine and that wouldn't look well if that if the you know if the owners found out that was happening so she kind of gets him to like slow his role on being harsh on Right. bb because she pointed out what he's doing wrong but she also pointed out if he's selling drugs he's got money right Yeah. or access to money Right. also he has access to drugs maybe he could plant drugs in the possession of Linda's to like be incriminating towards them. You never know. Hmm. So, I guess. I mean, I know that's far-fetched, but it was just an idea. I'm thinking uh, he was kind of random how he showed up that her hooking up with him in the last episode. But I think that was strategically placed there because he is actually going to have a deeper impact in what plays out in this storyline. That's a good point. Well, we know Mia is desperate to help fund this lawyer because she really, really, really wants Yeah. to um, help BB out here. Why do you think she's so willing to find $30,000 and or give her $30,000? Like, Mia does not have $30,000. And if she did, didn't, wouldn't she need it? I don't know. I think that's the magic question. We're going to find that out as we continue watching. And that's kind of the exciting thing that's keeping me coming back. It's because I want to know. Yeah. Like, what is the deal? Did you find it interesting that her art gallery manager said, you know, if you want $30,000, like, you know, if you sell that one piece, that's the only way you're going to get that. And that's the art piece on her mantle of the lady that looks unrecognizable, Yes. if you recall. Okay. Um, why do you think she's so reluctant to put that piece on the market? I was so confused by that because the gallery director says, you know which piece to sell. And she even mentions selling it to Elena. But then when she's packaging up the photograph, it's a different photo. 
that she's packaging up? Is that just because she sold something different? Or it seemed like she was willing to sell that photograph and that's what she was packaging up to send to the gallery. But it was actually a photo of her pregnant sitting in the bathtub and she was sobbing over it. That's right. I didn't get the connection between the photo you should sell, we assumed was the one over the mantle, and then the one she packaged up. Like, is that the photo the gallery owner meant or the director meant? And she was like crying over it. It was deeply saddening for her to package this photo up and send it away. And it was a photo of her pregnant. I think it's a photo of her pregnant to give us further affirmation, I'll say, because I feel like we already have said that there was a loss involved her losing a baby and maybe that's one of the reasons or having something having a baby taken away from her in some way I feel like she has experienced that loss and having that nightmare at the beginning when it was Pearl Mm -hmm. it almost makes me think that Pearl got taken away for a little bit when she was a baby maybe into into the foster care system or something possibly Um, and that that Mia being possibly an illegal immigrant maybe didn't have anybody defending her Mm -hmm. didn't have any resources didn't have any way to do anything about it and that she somehow has overcome that she somehow has pearl back in her life but now i'm like how did elena have something to do with pearl getting taken away a long time ago and now she feels like she's got to make it up to them in some way i I feel like elena was somehow connected if that uh, again i'm like way down on this whole other what could it be that's probably not right um prediction but it just goes back to again how is elena involved in this story Mm. the thought crossed my mind that maybe mia took pearl back without the proper methods and that's why they're on the run and that's who she's hiding from oh my god did we just guess the whole i don't know Actually, I Steph, I think we're on to something. Okay, so here's my prediction based on what we came up with together right now. And by the way, I haven't read the book and yeah, I haven't neither watched have past I. episode. We're on episode four. Four. I think that Pearl got taken away, mm-hmm. put into the foster care system, that Mia stole her back, that Mia's a, yeah. an Ill- illegal immigrant, and that Mia stole her back improperly and that's why they're on the run it did cross my mind for sure after she is so invested in this baby and the baby i mean that has to be it steph yeah we just guessed it (laughs) high five (laughs) wouldn't it be crazy if we were right that'd be awesome oh i i think it'd be like the first time ever for me right I know. I never guess the plot line. I never guess the plot line right either. But this one I've had to think about so hard. And I've had to, you know, normally just watch it. Now I'm like trying to come up with all these. It's always those like shows that, you know, I'm watching with my husband and we're like so not invested in. And I don't guess the plot line because I'm not really thinking about it. But this is like, it's just hitting so close to home, I think, as being a mother and trying to put myself in these shoes of Mia and Elena and Linda and it's just really affecting me so I just had that thought of like oh my gosh if I had to somehow get my child back and I did it improperly or illegally I would definitely be on the run okay so if she's on the run and she doesn't want to sell an art piece that would make her the money she needs $30,000 which that's a lot for a piece of art yeah it is but she would be willing to she wanted to sell it to elena because she said she wanted to she would rather sell it to a friend Mm -hmm. i wonder why 
again, it's like she doesn't want it to get in the wrong hands or does she think like, I, don't know. I can always steal it back or whatever. Can, <laughs> yeah. I'll know where it is at least. I'll feel like comforted in knowing whose hands it are, it's in. Yeah, possibly. This whole $30,000 for the art piece, I think we're talking about the piece over the mantle. So it doesn't look like she ended up selling it because she didn't package that one up, but I don't know. I'm confused about which art pieces she's that possessive over, but I don't know. So let's talk about the art project that Izzy is working on with right. Mia. So what confusing. What do you think is going <laughs> on there? I have I have some ideas, oh. but I want to hear yours first. I, I mean, I'm immediately just confused about why Izzy is allowed to be part of this project when she even says, I don't even let Pearl in here without me. And then she agrees to let Izzy come back without her. So much more confusing. I noticed that as well, which makes me think there's a timeline or a deadline on whatever they're working on. Because if she has to work at a, such a furious pace that she's going to come mm-hmm. whenever Mia's not even home in an area that Pearl, her own daughter, isn't even allowed to go in, it makes me think they're trying to crank something out if yeah. they're working after hours, I guess you would say. And I like that. Like Izzy's trying to ask a few questions and Mia's like, the agreement is you can help me, but she can't ask any questions. And I, what I think is so interesting about that is at the very last scene of the episode, you see what it is that she's been doing. And it's just so crazy. She's has this picture of Elena like blown up Mm -hmm. to this huge proportion. She has cut it into strips, hung the strips in order like from a twig, set the bottom of the strips on fire and is photographing this torn up picture of Elena on fire. Then she's having Elena's daughter, Izzy, like help her do this project. I mean, it's kind of twisted. Izzy said from the very start that she creates art that where you know she goes how do you start in your process uh to piss off my mom anything that's gonna piss off my mom that's great and so yeah she's in it for that i also think that they're working on a piece that is going to make a bold statement i think Mm -hmm. it is something political i think it's like a it is going to be a project that is going to be one of those defending bb kind of projects or just defending social justice kind of Mm. deal and the fact that izzy's involved and izzy's had a plot line where she's been in the having conversations with mia about defending yourself and then Mm -hmm. defending herself in her classroom and getting in trouble and going to the office and just it seems like izzy's on a um stepping out of social norms to to defend Mm -hmm. Um, and i feel like she is invested in this project because this project's going to make her mom mad, but it's also burns deep within her passions about what she thinks is right. And I think that this yeah. project is going to publicly be like a public statement about BB and Mirabelle well, and their situation. I mean, I think we need to also talk about that whole part about how that story went public. But since we're talking about Izzy, let's stay there. But, you know, she doesn't really know what the project is, but I think it's kind of... To me, when I see saw Mia at the very end and she's burned the bottom of the photograph and she's taking pictures of it, it just made her look so villainous. It's like if you were watching a horror movie or some sort of good guy versus bad guy movie, this would be the part where she's just like, Whoa, you know, like that was pretty evil. Like I like setting, I thought of her just like setting this fire picture of Elena on fire. Well, in this case, I think that. Mia feels like Elena is the bad guy. Elena is the privileged mm. and Elena is proud, like seems to be not humble, but like proud and think like, well, I've done everything right. I've made good choices, 
when mm -hmm. really Mia's just trying to say, well, you only had good choices. Your bad choices right. were still good options. I think that's her whole point in all of her defending BB is that BB didn't have options. She I agree, didn't yeah. have a choice and, you know, somebody's got to defend her. Like Izzy defending the girl Jessica at school. It's like Izzy and Mia both have that like sort of defending the person who can't defend themselves. Yeah, like the part underdog. Of their personality. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to go out of their way to do make bold statements. And we already know Izzy is yeah. one that can be bold. Think about her violin concert yeah. when she didn't play and then she wrote on her head, not your puppet. Not your puppet. So she doesn't have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. like, that is not her personality. One thing I noticed about all of the camera work and the way they filmed Izzy's scenes is that you never really could see exactly what Izzy was looking at. Did you notice that you're constantly trying to catch the details yeah, of all Izzy. the things that she's seeing? Like whenever she sees whatever it was on her bed that she said her mom had written a note on and left on her bed. It said like all the fair ladies or something. Mm -hmm. But I think I had to pause it to see that. I did too. Yeah, and it's like every every that is. I looked it up, but I agree. Like every scene with Izzy, it's like you have to pause it and try to figure out what's going on in the background. But it was an article about Lilith Fair, which was like a, fe a music festival. What kind of music festival? It happened like in the nineties and it ninety six, I thought, but it didn't specifically say it was for like the gay and lesbian community. So I'm not sure exactly why that related to Izzy because it didn't state that on the website or Wikipedia or whatever, but it definitely well, seemed to be related. She has told her mom she wasn't gay. They haven't outright said it, but we it, we are assumed as the viewer that she told her dad otherwise that yeah. she was gay. But since they haven't explicitly said that, maybe she's told her dad something else. I don't know. Yeah. I think that she is gay, possibly based on Bill's responses, <laughs> but I, I'm not really sure. I'm feeling very confused about that scene particularly. Mm -hmm. um, and then also just, you never really know with Izzy, you're always an outsider. You're, you're unable to really see or understand what she's understanding, and especially the way they, they do the filming where you can't actually, she sees two addresses on the wall. Did you notice that? Mm -hmm. One of them is the current rent house, right? When Possibly. she's in Mia's art studio? Is what yeah. you're talking about? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Yes. I thought she was at Sotheby's shipping address. Okay. Yeah, well, she <laughs> saw that. She saw she saw two, but you barely see it. It's The yeah. thing is, I had to pause it, and then I'm like, what is that? But it said it was in New York was the only thing. Yeah. And they and that's why I was thinking, they don't live in New York. So I was confused. Every time there's a scene with Izzy, I'm pausing it, trying to figure out what she's seeing. Even in Mia's art studio, there was all these pictures on the wall. And so I was paused it to try to see what was in those photographs, but it, yes. I couldn't make out anything like specific. So can we talk just real quick about this weird laundry basket stealing um, of items that Mia goes through? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> and then I, she leaves this little ring. Yeah. I have that she gathered up a scarf. And these, she's digging uh -huh. through drawers and cabinets and stuff. She's got a scarf, yeah. pantyhose, a measuring cup, funnel, a medicine, mm -hmm. receipts, and then removed certain events off the color-coded calendar, which I noted yes. that they were different colors, but yes. I paused it and noted like all of the red things were like strength, cardio, different types of workouts. <laughs> all of the other ones were like 
they were color coded by topic or whatever. But she, th these were Okay. three different colors she ripped off. I didn't note what day they were Right. or if they were in the same week or I didn't note that, Yeah. but I don't think I was supposed to know. It was so, it's such a fast thing. There was a mirror. There was some sort of handheld mirror. Okay. It was like, yeah, pantyhose. I don't know. It was very strange. It's almost like she went and took something from everybody. And so she took a feather from Izzy's room, but then she left a ring, like a ring for your finger. And then Izzy... notices it later and seems to like appreciate it or like it or whatever so it's I feel like maybe they know talked about it before like oh I like your ring or whatever but it's like she noticed that Mia left her something The only thing I can come up with is, and this is another far-fetched, probably wrong prediction, but if, if Mia is the person that like burns the house down, like if she's like a pathological house burner, the art piece that she had, like maybe she stole it from someone else's house and like she just uh, burned their house. I don't know. Like, it's just like she steals things from people. I don't know. Yeah, That's it's bad. so strange. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. How are these things even related? That's my thing. I hope we get to see, because I, I mean, I would hope that they would explain that, but that was very strange. She was on a mission, too. She, like, walked in and specifically, like, got to work, stealing all their stuff. Yeah. And with the medicine, she took the whole bottle of it, right? Or did she take pills out of Mm-hmm. it? Can't remember. No, I thought she took the whole bottle, because the first time she went snooping, it was Elena's bottle of Valium. So I'm guessing that's this. she went back to the same bottle and just grabbed the whole thing, so... Yeah, I don't know if she's trying to, like, steal identity or... I mean, this I, is I almost don't know what making she's me doing. think that the house fire was more Mia and Izzy because they seem to now be sort of working together, planning together. Like, maybe they have some sort of inside conversation about their family or... I, I, I'm lost. I'm in the dark. I have Yeah. no idea why in the world that these items would be taken from the house. They don't make sense to me, especially removing things off the calendar. What is she trying to get them to skip? Mm -hmm. I feel like Elena's so organized that she would notice what was missing from her calendar. Yeah, she would remember. Yeah. I don't know what all that means. And I also don't know Mia's connection to everything. I feel like baby loss is in here. Mm Social justice. is a big thing for Mia. And then also Cleveland. -hmm. Yeah. Cleveland is a connection to BB and to Mia having lived in Cleveland before. So. I also want to talk about the scene where Elena offered BB money and like went to her to sort of plead with her on behalf of Linda and then sort of how that backfired. That caused a huge problem. I think that Elena should have been smart enough to realize that offering BB money was really very dumb. But did you notice how she walked out and left the check there? Yeah, she wanted her to take it. I know, but it, even if she took the money, she could still try to take the money Right. and still try to get her baby. I don't know. I think that was very irresponsible for Elena to do that. I know, I feel like she was there on behalf of her friend, like just trying to solve the problem because they were talking in the beginning about how the lawyers weren't moving fast enough and they weren't being able to get a emergency hearing from the judge and this. So it's, they're on a timeline, obviously. I mean, they're trying to finalize this adoption before BB can really gain some traction with a lawyer or whatever. I just feel like she should know that offering her money is just going to cause way more problems, especially as BB's not so receptive of it as she's saying, like, 
you want to buy my baby? Like, how much would you pay for your baby? You know, she's not accepting this as an option. So I would walk out of there with a check and be like, oh, crap. Like, don't say anything about this. Of course, I agree with BB that there's no price that you pay for your kids. And I feel like her response was pretty awesome. But at the same time, like, I think it was worth a try to know, like, Okay, BB is in pretty des was in pretty desperate conditions, and she even brings up if you have any other kids, if you go along with this, you might be able to have the opportunity to have visitation. You would know that your daughter would be taken care of in a great home. You would know that your immigration problems would be solved. Now, I don't think she's wrong for the suggestion of like, you know, we can work something out. She was saying Linda and Mark are reasonable people. You can have visitation rights. Like, I think, but done through a lawyer, that's how that should have been handled. Like, I think as a reporter, she should know that that's just illegal. Why do you think she did it under the table? Mia is eager to have this taken care of because yes. some other reason that we don't know. Right. I, I see that she was in a desperate state or whatever. She, I think she wanted to just help her friend and try to make this all go away. And she's not wrong that like uh, BB could have visitation and they could work it out. I just think going to her and sort of almost threatening her at the end when she got upset is just not really wise. And as we see, when Mia and Bibi go to the lawyer, they the lawyer just takes that and runs, and then there's a news story about it. And then she's on the news saying, they tried to buy my baby. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is spiraling way further than she ever thought. Like, that's bad. That's going to do way more harm to Linda than good, for sure. Didn't Bill look at Elena like, yes, he knew. What? He totally figured that out. Because obviously if she said, Bill, I think I'm going to go offer this woman money, he'd have been like, don't be crazy. Like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> he knew she was all responsible for that. I love that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And then at the oh, I just felt so terrible for Linda and Marg, like, sitting there just watching this news report. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. And her, like, being out on a walk with Mirabelle. Oh, I know. And they, like, confronted her. Yeah, she had, like, paparazzi outside of her house. I know. Bad situation. It's well, because the news is, it spins it like, this American dream because this American nightmare. Alone and unable to work, she's lost her baby. You know, I mean, they're going to make it, like, yeah. this whole public, like, appeal to the mother, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, you and I have both said we can sympathize deeply with both of them. Yes, for sure. I know both sides. It's terrible. So what did you think about moving over to Moody and Trip and Pearl and all of them mm -hmm. in this episode? All of a sudden, Moody and Pearl are kind of like having some issues. Right. Pearl is kind of just becoming friends with Lexi and kind of after Trip, Trip. and kind of blowing Moody off. Yeah, just the sort of way I thought about it was like Pearl sort of seeing this other life that she didn't really have preview to before. Like she's seeing this whole high school experience with the popular kids and she's in with Trip and Lexi. And so I think she's getting this taste of like, I could be like them and I could sort of fit into this world. And I think she just kind of gets wrapped up in sort of the teenage, like be like everybody else kind of thing that everybody goes through. Like you kind of want to be like the cool kids and... You know, she wants to be included in their Halloween costume idea. She wants to go to the party with them. And why not? It would be fun, you know. But I think that's sort of separating her from Moody a little bit. Do you think that when Lexi shares about her sexual experiences with Brian, that that is what triggers Pearl? 
into luring Trip into the bedroom and making yeah. some experiences for herself. I do for sure. Lexi is so funny. She's like talking it up like, oh, well, you guys don't know because you're not doing it. But when you are, it's all yeah. you can think about. She's just making herself out to be so cool because she's had these experiences that her friends haven't had. And I think that I felt like that deeply influenced Pearl to come on to Trip. And then what did you think Trip's reaction about it? I don't really know why he reacted like that, except I guess just realizing that he's sort of like screwing over his brother. Like he's like, my brother likes you. Like I feel like he sort of realized what was happening in that moment. Like, oh, oops, like I shouldn't be doing this. But I actually felt more sorry for Pearl in that moment. That's pretty like cringeworthy, like first sexual yeah. experience. Like that's pretty bad. Like he just kind of stopped and like started yelling at her. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's mortifying. Because it sounded like things weren't going right with them. Like with her, his body, he was having some. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he said, ED This has never happened something. to me before. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's so, it sounded like he might be embarrassed of what was happening. And yes. so I didn't know is he embarrassed or is he truly just feeling like really like the worst brother in the whole world because he knows that moody is crazy about her yeah and then here he is in bed with her probably both maybe that's why he couldn't perform <laughs> he started thinking about his brother <laughs> so backtracking whenever trip gave moody the tips to kind of blow pearl off and act like she had done something wrong <laughs> mm -hmm. and that would kind of like win her back over what i mean did you have any thoughts on that i just thought it was funny that moody's like uh, that would never work on Pearl. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, he just didn't get it. He's like, no, that's not Pearl. That would never work for her. And he's like, uh, Tripp's like, well, you better make it work. Like, you better act like you don't want to see her or don't want to talk to her. Several years ago, I read a book. I don't know how I even got myself into reading this book, but it was called The Game, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. And it was basically this nonfiction book written by like an investigative reporter who was you know, sharing his journey. Like he basically went to this really expensive weekend picking up women workshop, basically. Right. Because he was like this nerd guy that had no clue how to deal with women, but a deep desire to find a wife and have a connection. And basically in this book, that's some of the advice that yeah. they give. Like it's all just like basically tell a woman like, oh, you've got something on your teeth. They're yes. like, do something to like make them feel like, oh, there was you know, a TV like show. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes. That's, it's the same. It people. was called The Pickup Artist, wasn't okay. it? Okay. Uh, maybe so. Yes. I watched that whole series. I okay. thought it was crazy. So the mysterious is, or yes. mystery, I can't remember his name. The guy that was running the workshops. Yes. He had a reality television show. Yes. I watched the show. So you read the book and I watched the show. Oh, okay. Well, but there I remember. you go. But they have like this whole like set of things you do and that apparently they work really well, like very consistently on people. I would like oh, to think right. that those I mean, don't work on me, but right. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I think Moody tried a little bit too. Like he tried to sort of stay away from her at the party. And then at the end he was like, oh yeah, well, I've been talking to a lot of people, but I don't know. She didn't really seem to pick up on that. She's like, okay, we'll see you later. But well, he also gave her a gift. He's yeah. like, here's, you can have this for your poetry or whatever. And it was like, that wasn't what Trip told you to do. Yeah. But you're too, you're too nice to I do know. that. I don't want him to do that anyway to her. <laughs> no, I didn't either. But she totally did it to him. Yeah. She's like, she did. She was like, okay, well, bye. Just yeah. walked off. 
I'm going to go hang out with your sister and your brother. <laughs> I feel so bad for Moody now. Like, oh. Actually, she was on her way. She had just cut a conversation with some other people and was headed straight towards Trip yep. when, when Moody popped up in between them. And it was like, oh. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I think she sort of just decided to sort of set her sights on Trip and just see what could happen because she was going to go talk to him at the party. And then at school, she offered to tutor him or help him with his classwork. And I think she was definitely trying to make... And switched into his math class Yeah, she saw that he was in there. So, so I think she was definitely pursuing that. But I just felt so bad for her how it ended. And he was just like upset and yelling at her. And yeah. oh my gosh, that was pretty... That would be mortifying, I think. Agreed. And then he avoided her. Like the next day at school or something, sat across the room. So yeah, he didn't sit by her. Poor Pearl. Well, I am very excited to watch the next episode, and really can't wait to see what happens with all of this. I agree. It is. I feel like it is just this episode sort of blew up everything, just made it way more dramatic. Like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? We made some good predictions today. I think I so think, too. I think we're on. I something. think we might. I think if, if we're right, I mean, I I want a prize. <laughs> I'm sure. think of a prize for myself. <laughs> Our prize could be we get to leave the house. Yes. <laughs> Can we no ever possibly quarantine. leave the house? Oh, oh my gosh. geez. Yeah, I just found out it's, well, you found out too. Mm. Now it's been switched to April 30th before we were allowed to leave our house. But so sad. <laughs> <sighs> we will survive. It'll be fine. We're good. We're good. We're we good. Can still do this. So I know. So I really enjoyed our talking about this episode. This was my favorite one so far. So I'm super excited. Agreed. This was my favorite one that I watched just because so much is unraveling. And yes. I have enough information that I can start maybe piecing a probable prediction together. Right. Tune in next week for our next episode. Yes. Thanks for listening. This is Lauren. And this is Steph. Follow us on Twitter at tweet to Steph, S-T-E-F, and tweet to Lauren, L-A-U-R-Y-N, and follow Pod Clubhouse on all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and at podclubhouse.com. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.